The sermon text is the Gospel of St. John, chapter 6, verses 24 to 35. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them, Amen, amen, I tell you. You are not looking for me because you saw the miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not continue to work for the food that spoils, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. So they said to him, What should we do to carry out the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he sent. Then they asked him, So what miraculous sign are you going to do that we may see it and believe you? What miraculous sign are you going to perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, just as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I tell you. Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the real bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said to him, give us this bread all the time. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. The one who comes to me will never be hungry, and the one who believes in me will never be thirsty. This is the gospel of our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Usually, he's a pretty good boy. When his dad tells him to do something, he pretty reliably does it. But then, there's this thing his dad does that makes the odds of him listening go way up. This thing where his dad crouches down, looks him in the eye, and maybe even raises up a finger. When dad does that, Tommy knows he means business, and Tommy better listen. Well, before they take off for grandma's house for Thanksgiving, dad does that thing. He kneels down, and he points at Tommy and looks him in the eye and says, Tommy, you know how much your nana loves us, and you know she expresses her love with food, Tommy, and you know how much time nana puts into Thanksgiving. So, Tommy, I want you to eat everything. Even the stuff you don't like, I want you to just try a little bit of it. And the stuff you do like, Tommy, just go crazy. Eat as much of it as you can. It'll make Nana happy. Well, Tommy knows this is serious. So when he gets to Grandma's house, he likes turkey and stuffing and bread, so he's just going mental on all that stuff. And he, he doesn't really like, you know, green beans and yams and cranberry sauce that much, but he dutifully kind of nibbles on them. And then the pies come out. And technically... Tommy was ordered to have some of everything, so now he applies that to each individual pie, and he has a slice of apple and a slice of cherry and a slice of pumpkin, and when he's done, he pushes his little body back from the table, and Tommy thinks to himself, I'll never eat again for the rest of my life. I'm six years old, and I'll never eat again. But of course he will, because Tommy's going to live for another 90 years. Averaging three meals a day, Tommy will eat 98,550 more meals in his lifetime with several thousands of snacks piled on top of that. Now, it's just one day earlier that Jesus gave all the food they could handle to a giant crowd of people. 
Jesus took the loaves, and after giving thanks, he distributed pieces to those who were seated. He also did the same with the fish, as much as they wanted. When the people were full, he told the disciples. Now, eating to the point of fullness, eating to the point where you don't want to eat anymore, is not something that a lot of people in Jesus' world experience very often. It was hand-to-mouth, meal-to-meal existence. You consume just enough food to make it to the next meal. And even in our world still today, more, more than half of the population really doesn't know what it feels like to eat until you don't want to eat anymore. But on that day, the people in the crowd got to eat, Tommy on Thanksgiving style. I imagine some of them stood up after that and thought, oof, I overdid it. I may never eat again. And then the next day rolled around, and of course, they wanted to. They needed to eat again. So they went after the one guy they knew could give them more food because he had just done it the day before. And they have to work to get to Jesus. He sort of escaped from them. So they have to search for him. They have to hunt him down. They put effort into this. And once they finally catch up to the one who filled their bellies yesterday, who are they, they are hoping will fill their bellies again today, Jesus speaks to them instead. What's known as the Bread of Life Discourse or the Bread of Life Sermon, which you're going to be hearing in chunks over most of the next few weeks. Now what Jesus says to this crowd in this sermon thoroughly confuses them. They're confused all the way through this thing because Jesus' teachings always baffle unbelief while building up faith at the same time. And first, Jesus lets them know that he knows why they have put in all this work, all this effort to chase him down. You are not looking for me because you saw the miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. So he knows why they've gone to all this trouble, put in all this work to find him because they're hungry again. That's very easy to understand. That's not confusing at all. And now the baffling begins. Do not continue to work for the food that spoils, but for the food that endures to eternal life, because which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. So there is this physical food that spoils, and we need it. A hundred thousand times in our life, we need it. it. Spoils if you don't eat it in time. It breaks down inside of your body if you do, and it needs to be followed by more. But we need it over and over and over again, and it's important. We work for it. We put in effort to get it. But it's not the only kind of food that we need. There is also divine food. And once you feed on this food, you're good. You're satisfied. It's the only divine food you need, and you eat it not just until your life ends, but you eat it so that your life never ends. Jesus is the bread of life who comes down from heaven. Everybody who believes on him lives and lives forever. And God the Father, as Jesus said, God the Father has placed his approval on him as our bread of life. The Father did that at Jesus' baptism. This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. God the Father says, he's the one. Let's listen to what Jesus tells us. Do not continue to work for the food that spoils, 
but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Now clearly, the people in this crowd have their minds set on just the one kind of bread, the physical bread, the bread for their bodies. You know, in our English language, and in many, many other languages, by the way, bread is slang for money, which will get you everything that you need. And and the Bible uses the term bread in kind of this general way of all the physical necessities of life. So it's not just bread. Most of us need a house, a place to live, a car to drive, clothes. We need companionship and friendship. And all of these things are good and God-pleasing. And we work for them. We put effort into getting these things. We strive for them. And all of that is good too. But when Jesus tells us, do not continue to work for the food that spoils, it's do not continue in the sense of don't always be going for that. Don't obsess yourself with the food that spoils. Jesus is telling us not to let that become our only thing or even the main thing in our existence because it spoils. The food goes bad or it breaks down inside of you and it needs to be replaced. Cars get junked, houses fall apart, clothes unravel. What are we going for in life? What is really our main focus, our main goal here? We listen to Jesus who has the Father's seal of approval. He tells us to work for the food that endures to eternal life. And when Jesus says that, at least for a second, he gets this crowd thinking about things above. Heaven, God, eternity. And when they think about that very briefly... They won't think about it for long, but very briefly, they naturally think in terms of how they, by their own work and their own effort, are going to have to get to God and get to heaven. So they said to him, what should we do to carry out the works of God? See, works, plural, our works. Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you should believe in the one he sent. Work. Singular, God's work, God's work of faith. See, Jesus is trying to get these people focused on the source of eternal life, the bread of life that comes down from heaven. But just watch how determined this crowd is to get back onto the topic of the kind of bread that they came for. Then they asked him, so what miraculous sign are you going to do that we may see it and believe you? Hmm, maybe more bread for our bodies like yesterday. What miraculous sign are you going to perform? Maybe more bread? Because yesterday was yesterday, and in case you haven't figured it out yet, we'd really like some more bread. Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness, just as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. See, Moses. Moses was the real deal. Moses is way better than you. Moses fed two million Israelites for 40 years in the wilderness on nothing. You're not so hot. You fed 5,000 people for one day, and you had food to start with, which is kind of cheating in a way. So if you want us to believe in you, you're going to have to give us a whole lot more of this, hmm, maybe 40 years worth, of this miraculous bread for our mouths. Jesus answers, first of all, Moses never gave anybody anything. Go back and read. That bread came directly from heaven, from God. And secondly, more importantly, the bread of life has arrived in this world. It would be a good idea to focus on that. 
Jesus told them, Amen, amen, I tell you. Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the real bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus calls himself the real bread, not the stuff that spoils and has to be replaced by more and more and more. And he doesn't come to give life to two million Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years or to 5,000 people for one day in a field the way Jesus did before with the five loaves and the two fish. He comes to give life for the world, life for all and life forever. And that makes Jesus the bread of life infinitely more important than all the bread in this world. Makes him infinitely more important than all of the bread that spoils and fades away along with the physical lives that it supports. Jesus is life for all forever. Listen to the one who has the Father's seal of approval. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. The one who comes to me will never be hungry and the one who believes in me will never be thirsty. The bread of life satisfies the human soul completely, fully. Because living your life with faith in Jesus takes away these doubts, these questions that people have inside their hearts that are like hunger pains. How do I know if God accepts me? How do I know how God really feels about me? How do I know what's actually going to happen to me when I die? How do I know I'm going to get into heaven if there is such a place? See, these things just gnaw at people. And Jesus tells you the answer. And it leaves no room for your own work or your own effort. The work of God is this, that you believe in the one he sent. It's through faith in Jesus that God loves you and accepts you. And even that faith is God's work. See, the bread of life satisfies because he is God's guarantee of his favor toward you and his salvation of you. The bread of life satisfies our soul because in Jesus, you know where you stand with God now and you know that you are going to stand with God alive forever. That when your physical life is over and all of the physical things that supported that life are gone, you'll live. The bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Of course, every human is included in the world and you are included in the other group Jesus spoke about. The one who comes to me will never be hungry. And the one who believes in me will never be thirsty. By faith, you have fed on the bread of life who fully satisfies your soul. This makes being a Christian a joy. It is a joy to believe in Jesus. It also makes Jesus' people eager to listen to what he says. Do not continue to work for the food that spoils, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Now, I don't know many of you very well yet, with conditions being what they have been over the past 15 months. So I really don't know for you personally where the bread of life ranks in your life versus the bread that spoils. And I don't want to compare anybody here to the people in the crowd that Jesus spoke to because clearly they're unbelievers and we're believers. But I do know that every believer has a sinful nature that thinks exactly like an unbeliever. And do you see how those unbelievers are not buying anything 
nothing at all about what Jesus says about the bread of life. And every time he tries to get their eyes up to things above them, they just keep jerking their eyes straight back down to the physical. That's what our sinful nature does to us all the time. Down, down, down. The world, the world, physical, physical. And the thing is, the physical things are important. The worldly bread does matter. The fact remains, Jesus did fill the bellies of these people just the day before. God does call us to work hard and be smart with the stuff that he gives us. And all of that is God-pleasing, but we have to be careful. It is so easy to become materialistic people when you live in a culture that's thoroughly materialistic and you're bombarded by consumerism all the time. Do not continue to work for the food that spoils. Listen to him. Jesus says, work for the food that endures to eternal life. Okay, so if the bread of life is a gift from heaven and the faith that feeds on him is a gift from heaven, and it is, then why does Jesus tell us to work for the bread of life? Well, where do we find Jesus? How does he come to us? Word, water, bread and wine. And engaging in those things is work. It's hard to get up and come here on Sunday morning and hear the word of God. I know it's hard. It's hard for me. I don't have any children to drag with me and I get paid to be here and it's hard for me. It's work. It's hard to work a family devotion into the schedule of a busy family. It's very difficult. It's work. It's hard to teach the basics of God's word to a little child. They squirm. They interrupt you. They ask why when you haven't even said anything that needs to have why asked to it yet. It's hard, but this is how we put the real food, the food that lasts, ahead of the food that spoils in our lives, and it's worth it because Jesus satisfies the soul completely. He takes away every spiritual hunger and thirst, doubts, Wondering about whether God accepts you. Fear, guilt, that gets pushed aside and replaced by peace, by joy, by knowing that in Jesus you have what endures to life eternal. Amen.